When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's going on, everybody? We are back courtside with Christy and Gabe coming at you. College basketball season is here. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. We are here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network, bringing you all things hoops all the time. Gabe, oh my goodness, are the little baby hair standing up on the back of your neck because it is basketball season, the leaves are falling, there's a chill in the air. I'm not a pumpkin spice girl, but if I would have been, I would have had me a pumpkin spice getting ready for the uh, that orange basketball going to the hoop. I haven't had a, a pumpkin spice thing this year, but I should. I, I, am, an, I am a pumpkin spice girl, um, very proudly. <laughs> I do like pumpkin spice, although I haven't had anything. I wanted to make some of my own, but I haven't. But yes, yeah. basketball, <laughs> it's here. It's crazy. I've watched like so much basketball in the last, I don't know, when did the season start? Yesterday at 11 a.m. It's currently yeah. 7.44 on a Wednesday. Uh, yeah. Just in case anything happens, I do want to point out, we are doing this during the Tennessee-Southern Illinois game, in which Southern right. Illinois is currently winning. They're going back and forth almost in time. Oh, Oh my. Um, also, Bucknell is only down four to Ohio State at halftime as well. So Uh-oh. if my eyes are darting around and if I get really distracted at some point, it's because there's something going on in the background. And if we don't talk about those upsets that happen, it's because we're recording during them. But right. we'll let you know. We have we had so much to talk about yesterday that I'm like, I didn't really factor in watching basketball at night, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, insane games already. We were talking about how the Big Ten with seven teams vying for the best in the league this Mm -hmm. year and a lot of teams showing improving early. And like you said right there, I mean, Ohio State, you know, only a four point lead at at halftime. So 
Hey, we're already into the thick of it and we're just getting into the season, but you, you have to love to see fans back in the stands, oh Gabe. Man, they just make a difference. I don't care. I mean, the cardboard cutouts, we tried, okay? And that was fine. But, man, we listen, never need nothing to do like again. this swag surf. We need it. We need the swag surf with the painted faces and the energy in the building. Yeah. And and last night, Reynolds Coliseum. And so, South Carolina beats NC State 66 with seven. Yes. However, the NC State crowd showed up. I mean, it was, it was electric at times. And there was some runs there where NC State, like, took the lead and you just felt that swell of the momentum from the crowd and the players feeding off the crowd, the crowd feeding off the players. And it's just so amazing to see that back, you know, because yeah. we get, we lost so much of that last year. We did, yeah. had, we had some fans in the arenas towards the end, but to get that right off the bat, especially with this matchup that was so awesome last year to have fans there this year, it just made a world of difference, even yeah. though it didn't have a different result. Right. No, I mean, the bands are there. And, you know, that South Carolina NC State game was sold out last week. Yeah. And I mean, just everyone is chomping at the bit to get out of the house and get into the gym and into the arena to get around the game. I mean, the energy of that is, you know, something that was also um, something that the fans were missing. But I mean, wow, you're talking about South Carolina, the top on the list in the AP poll, the USA Today poll, everybody's poll is Dawn Staley. And her squad sitting right there at the top. And for them to go on the road and show and prove, especially with their frontline play, kind of neutralizing Kunane inside mm-hmm. for NC State, I thought was most impressive. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I've said this term on, on this podcast before. I'm stealing from the Solid Verbal, which is a college football podcast. But you got to win your clunkers. You have to win games where shots aren't falling. You have to win games where you turn the ball over. You have to win games where you're not having that sort of yeah. great effort all around. And that's what South Carolina did in, in this one with, you know, uh, they were shooting three of 12 from the field. There was times where that offense was just stuck in mud and they couldn't get anything going. There was 14 turnovers for South Carolina. But then you look at what they did on the defensive end. They saw those shots weren't falling in. They didn't get down themselves. They said we had to pick it up on the defensive end. That's exactly what they did. They held NC State to 27% from three. They forced almost as many turnovers as they gave away. And they just really had solid defense. I was extremely impressed by how this team responded. Because I remember at the beginning of last year, Dawn mm-hmm. Staley was saying she wanted a little bit more attitude from her team. She wanted to see that, that sort of I don't want to put words in her mouth, killer instinct, the nastiness <laughs> from her team. And yep. I think in this game, she saw that. She saw that with this veteran group. Yeah, no doubt. And the thing about Dawn Staley, uh, you know that you're going to get their best shot. And mm-hmm. at the end of the Final Four last yeah. year, that shot. And it wasn't, you know, there obviously were other things that occurred during the game, but the time and score and the situation and Aaliyah Boston's shot that just missed by a hair for them to advance uh, or have the possibility to advance and and go for a possible second championship. Mm-hmm. It was taken away. And I mean, with, with them having that taste in their mouth coming back into the season and then Don Staley fresh off of a gold medal with the Olympic team. I mean, the mm-hmm. confidence that they exuded in Raleigh, Against NC State, I mean, 
you kind of expected that. I mean, it's kind of a, a, a combustible situation where you have a hungry team with a bitter taste in their mouth from last year. And then a hungry coach, obviously with the bitter taste too from the NCAA tournament, but then coming in with a, a load of confidence yeah. from what she was able to do um, again with the Olympic team. So I mean, and then not to, you know, slight the fact that they were, you know, preseason ranked number one to yeah. kind of go into that and the expectations of that too. Um, sometimes that can, that can shrink a team, but not a team that's being coached by Don Staley. I and mean, not, yeah, yeah, they love that. And not a team that's being point guard by Destiny Henderson. I love her. I love her <laughs> game. She is just, she, and, and she kind of has a little bit of a bull in a chine shop. Like she sometimes goes too fast. She sometimes makes a decision that you're like, that's, that was absolutely the wrong decision. <laughs> but I love how she gets this team going. And yeah. you know, there are ruts, but she's pushing the ball. She's pushing pace. She's finding her teammates. She's, you know, it, it, it is really all the energy that this team had when mm-hmm. in those low moments was from Destiny Henderson. I think yeah. she was amazing. And then, you know, obviously you have Zaya Cook, who's one of the best players in the country. And we haven't even mentioned the Boston. And well, literally the rest of the five-star roster, because all of these players are five-star. Th- this might be the best collection of talent in college basketball, full stop, like across the board, men's or women's. Um, yeah. That being said, I, I do think um, some of the problems that we saw last year were there. I mentioned how this offense kind of did feel like it was stuck in mud at times. Mm-hmm. And I just I want to see a little bit more from South Carolina in terms of being able to produce easy buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a really good first step towards that. And yeah. this is the first step of the revenge tour. You know, <laughs> I love a team that you have all anything, any way, anytime they win, you can point to something, right? You can say, yeah. oh, it was the target on their back. They're, they're <laughs> number one team. Like they're feeling that target. So they're playing better. Oh, right. or it's the revenge factor. They got all this revenge on their mind. And, mm-hmm. and really it's cause they're an awesome team, but they do have a revenge tour. This just stop one next stop will be UConn. I don't know. I forget what date that game is. They also got Tennessee, Texas A&M, and then finally Stanford on that list. They're hoping to avenge from last year and get yeah. back to, um, get back to the final four and get back into the championship game. Quick prediction. Do you think they'll do it? I think they can do it. I I think, you know, with all those factors and I think, you know, the expectations, like we said, being what they are, Mm -hmm. but also the hunger and the fight and the prove it to themselves mentality. It's not, Hey, we want to prove this to everybody else. No, everybody else sees you at number one. You don't need to prove it to everybody else. That's, that's been stated over and over. We get it. We see it. So now I think the challenge for Dawn Staley and her team, we need to prove it to ourselves. Everybody Mm -hmm. else believes in us. We should believe in us like everybody else does. And if that is the case, which I believe it will be right now, then, hey, I mean, somebody's got to take them off the top before I have any other comment about it. So Mm -hmm. right now it's South Carolina at the top. No, uh, until otherwise proven by a team that can take them down and I don't know. That's a that's a rough road. Like all those teams you just said, listen. (laughs) Yeah, well, let's uh, let's talk about their schedule because they do not shy away from the competition. <laughs> I mean, so they have a, a quote-unquote neutral site game in South mm-hmm. Dakota against South Dakota. Um, South Dakota being a tournament team, um, yeah. right now a tournament team. So then we got some. We they have Clemson at home. They have Kansas State at home. Kansas State. The Kansas State game actually is going to be awesome because mm-hmm. Ioka Lee. 
uh, put up just put up 43 points in 24 minutes. I cut up the highlights for that. And yes, she was playing Central Arkansas, and they were all a few inches shorter than her. No, there is no one as tall as her um, in most teams in the country. However, South Carolina does have one, and Camila Cardoso. There you uh, go. To transfer from Syracuse, so that's going to be an awesome game. Yep. Then, so that's the appetizer on on December third. Then they have Maryland coming to town on the 12th of December. On the 15th of December, they go to Duke the 21st, four days before Christmas. They have Stanford coming to town. Then they, start, they have some conference games. Then nestled in those conference games on January 27th, UConn at mm. home mm. in South Carolina. Well, we're going to find out. <laughs> we're going to find out about this team really quick. Yeah. Um, do you out. think that's going to affect them? Do, do you think that this team is at a point where even if they've dropped one or multiple mm-hmm. of those games, do, do you think it's really going to affect their seeding that much if they actually win the SEC? No, okay. I, I don't. I think because they're playing multiple teams at the top, right. uh, I don't think that one game or one loss will cripple them in terms of their seeding. Um, but in the same breath, if they – lose more than one, sure. a handful of them, of course. Yes. Right. But one game, I don't think is going to topple them off the hill um, when it comes down to it. And like you said, if they stay steady in SEC play and, and win another regular season championship tournament championship, I mean, I don't think that's going to disrupt them whatsoever. And sometimes, and I hate to say that because I hate losing mm-hmm. more than I like winning. And right. that says a lot because I love winning. So, <laughs> you know, balance that out however you want to. But for me, uh, you know, sometimes those losses early, right, wake you up mm-hmm. and humble you so you don't think. I mean, you want to be confident, right? So you're going into games like that's that's probably, uh, a, I don't know, I don't want to call it a downfall, but that's like a, a mental um, a mental painting that mm-hmm. you, you have that we're going into this game to win. So you don't entertain losing, right? right? That's why it crushes me to lose because I don't go in thinking, well, we could lose. I don't ever think about losing. So I, I think it's a hard fall when you, when you are wired that way, mm-hmm. but sometimes, you know, if for some odd reason you lose, <laughs> I can say it that way. Um, if for some odd reason, there is a loss, um, you have to build on that. And that can't be something that spirals you out of control in a negative way. That should, you know, be another log on the fire. And right. that should be something that, that propels you into the next game to be better. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you need that and I hate it, but sometimes you need it and you need to learn and grow from losses. And I think you listen more intently when you lose than when you win game after game after game. And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then you get kicked in the back of the neck, right. By a team you should beat, and you didn't play like you were supposed to because you were too comfortable. Right. And sometimes losses shake you into reality and, you know, we've seen that work both ways. You get shaken into reality the wrong way. Like, oh, that game did something to their mm-hmm. confidence. This team is different. Or, man, they were riding along and then they got kicked in the throat. And then now they they have not looked back since. And this is a different team and they have even more fire. So you have to be, you have to gauge like how your team is built mentally. And how you are are painting that mental picture for your for your crew sure. and and what you want games like that uh, to do for your team and how you want it to impact them positively. Yeah. And and we saw, you know, last year that this loss, that they lost this game last year to NC State. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And they came back and they ripped off like 20 straight games. Obviously, it was not right. with the schedule that we just mentioned that. If they get mm-hmm. to if they get to conference play undefeated, I I'm honestly like tempted to just say they're going to be the one seed regardless because it's like if you win all those games against you know they're playing they're playing what is three top five teams at the moment. Maybe they're not top five teams when they all play. Those are yeah. three top five teams to start the season. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, Maryland Stanford would be you know going to be in my final four projections. If the yeah. season goes away, I'm going like, so mm-hmm. a step, that is a really step up schedule, man. Like that is, that is challenging your team. I really like that Don Staley is doing that. I think that that shows a lot of confidence in them. Did want to flip over to um, NC state, obviously mm-hmm. not what they had in mind. They, they want to win at home. It was obviously a big um, game for them. As we mentioned at Reynolds Coliseum. However, mm-hmm. There's some good things to take from this game. Um, I think the thing that's kind of rough is at least Cunane again struggled against this South Carolina front yeah. court. Yeah. That being said, I guess we could turn this as a question. Uh, are they going to see a better front court? Uh, I mean, first off, there may not be a better front court in the nation. Than <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know. If <laughs> even ones that are um, comparable you know, mm-hmm. you look at their schedule right now, and yet they they also play Kansas State going forward. They they have a game against Maryland, and those mm-hmm. teams are really good. Georgia's in there. Georgia's really good. Um, maybe Maryland. I still got honestly a little bit more from Andrew Reese, who we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, none of those teams quite have a singular matchup that could go um, singular play that could step up to at least Canaan mm-hmm. like Leah Boston did. So. Mm-hmm. If that's the downside, the upside is that Jakia Brown Turner looks amazing and Reina Perez looks amazing as well. And mm-hmm. Kayla Jones played 20 minutes after her injury last year. So right. I, I think there's a lot of good here. Do you do you think AC, uh, NC State is still the class of the ACC or if you've taken much from this game? I, I mean, it's just what you said. I mean, the balance there, um, especially in the front court or the depth more than more so than balance. I think the depth in their front court um, could be an issue moving forward um, in ACC play. I, I think that they will be able to handle themselves. I know there's so many new faces everywhere across the country, but <laughs> when you're looking at a team like Duke, uh, you know, they only played four games last year. And, you know, Carol Lawson, that was her first year coaching mm-hmm. there. And then now all of a sudden they have seven or eight transfers on the team that have great experience, um, not experienced together in terms of the chemistry piece. But, I mean, could that be a team sure. with their interior depth that could give them a run for it? Um, just because of that experience. And they have fresh legs. They didn't play a whole season mm-hmm. last year. So they're fresh. Um, they're excited. <laughs> they're excited to go, right? Um, but I think with with the ACC, I think it's going to be NC State right now, even with the lack of depth on the interior, which was mm-hmm. exposed by South Carolina because of their depth on the interior. Uh, I don't think any other team besides possibly Duke can could challenge them in that regard the same way right. as a South Carolina team. But I just think with the experience that Duke is bringing with all of the transfer players, I think that could pose a, a side eye. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think you know there's a ton of good teams in the ACC. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think your point about Duke being kind of an unknown at the moment, just because exactly. they are all new. That's that's exciting. Louisville obviously is always really good, um, and they they bring back a really. It's more of a young team this year without Dana Evans, um, but they still have a ton of really good players, a lot of tournament experience. I'm going to watch Virginia Tech in person. 
tomorrow. So I will let you know, but they're ranked. Nice. They're looking good. They made the tournament. They, they yeah. kind of building momentum in that program. Florida state has their head coach back and Georgia tech is also mm-hmm. really, really good coming off one of their better seasons in a long mm-hmm. time. So again, a lot of good teams in the ACC, but I'm with you. I, I think this NC state team should be um, the class of this conference. I think, they're really motivated in the same way that we talked about South Carolina being motivated. NC mm-hmm. State's motivated. They lost in the Sweet 16. They thought they should get further. They're very, they, they had the whole story about they got their ACC title rings and they didn't want to put back to back Sweet 16s because that's not their goal. Their goal right. is not to get to the Sweet 16. Their goal is to get to the Final Four, get the championship, and win the championship. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I put them in sort of that Final Four category for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because I need to see them produce more against teams like South Carolina. But the experience that they have around Cunane with Crutchfield, Brown Turner, Perez, all those players know what they're doing. They understand moments and they understand how to make big plays out of nothing. And Mm -hmm. that's what you're looking for. And a tournament contender, that's what you're looking for in a conference champion. So I think NC State's going to be there like they were um, last year. And and we'll see. I mean, hopefully we don't have to talk about injuries. That's one thing. I'm just not, I'm not. Yeah, man. I'm looking for some wood to knock on since you just uh, said that, because we yeah. don't have time for that at all. Not, like we want to see a full healthy season for everybody. Like that's, that's the worst component when you start thinking about what factors into a successful year. So yeah, we just wish health and happiness for all the student athletes this season, men's and women's by the way. So yes. Yeah. The men, I don't know what the men did yesterday. I don't, I'm sorry, men's college basketball. I like you guys. You guys do great stuff, but I do not have time to watch. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. To watch, to watch the lot. women. Right. For, I don't have enough time to watch all. Actually, this is a good point that I should have mentioned. Like Curtis, uh, our friend from across the timeline on Twitter, he mentioned, mm-hmm. and this is really good. Like you can't watch all the college basketball. Don't, and I do this every year without fail. Every year I try to watch all of the college basketball and then I get really overstimulated and I don't know what's happening. And then I, you know, I wake up like a week later. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop. So right. I, yeah. I made myself a bit of a schedule this year. I do have six okay. games on Sunday that I want to watch. Just oh, a man. problem. Yeah. And I need to pair those down. And I do want to talk to you about some of those games, but that's remember, right. guys, can't, we can't watch all of the games. We can't yes, watch. you can. I also, I also don't have, so I don't have big 10 plus and I could get it. It's just a little bit more expensive than I want to pay. So I'm going to wait for just a little bit longer on that. Uh, I don't have sec network plus. So I, I just, I don't know how to get that. That's not something that's available to me. So all those games on sec network plus, I cannot watch. I don't have ACC net network X. That's extra. I don't know. Yeah. They want us to pay more and they want to, you know, we'll talk about the whole. We, hey, the holidays are coming up. We got to put out a tweet to support Gabe and, and his game watching and get you on all these networks. Like, so I signed up for the, the holidays. Big, <laughs> the Big Ten Network, I will eventually, the Big Ten Network Plus, because, because uh, yeah. you know, you're on there. Yay. I will, I will eventually <laughs> buy it. But for okay. now, I'm just not going to buy it. Okay. Uh, so let's, let's talk about the Big Ten, though. Let's, yeah. let's talk about the Big Ten a little bit. All right, so I do want to update you. Uh, Ohio State's up by 11 now, and so is Indiana. Indiana's at Baylor. Um, so Big Ten looking better than they were at the beginning of this podcast. But yesterday, okay. some interesting, interesting to say the least scores. Uh, 
Maryland struggled early with Longwood, eventually ending up with a 97-67 win. Andrew Reese, mm-hmm. 21 points, 14 rebounds, one steal. Really good night for her. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan is squeaked one out mm. against IUPUI, who I affectionately refer to as Uwe Pui. Uh, they went by five. Nas Hillman had 30 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, should have probably been more for a bigger win. Looking for other yeah. scores here. I mean, Iowa crushed New Hampshire. Caitlin Clark looked good. Illinois beat North Carolina Central. Jacksonville actually beat Minnesota. I think it's the second straight year Jacksonville's beat Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then we have Nebraska, Michigan State, Penn State, and Rutgers taking care of business. So, where in the Big Ten should we start, Christy? At the top At with the top. Maryland. And, and not <laughs> and, and listen, not for nothing. Now, that's not because I went there or anything like that. Ignore the jersey behind Christy. If, I mean if you're watching it, this. Yeah, it was a gift. I didn't do it myself. Anyway, <laughs> um anywho, I digress. But um, they're number four in the country for a reason. I mean, they bring back everybody and the highest scoring team in the country last year has really put their focus on the defensive end. And you can see that early on this season. And yes, they did struggle at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the game, but I think it's just a matter of feeling the other teams out, finding where you can exploit them. And yes, Mm -hmm. you can watch that on film prior to, but there's nothing like in-game adjustments to what is happening in the moment. And Brenda Freeze is a savant in that way. She will find the weak link on the other team or the weak links in your in your armor, which is your defense, and just go for that and just hammer away. And that's what happened as the game progressed. Angel Reese with a career high um, in points and rebounds. But boy, the super sophomore. I mean, she only played 15 of their 29 games last year. She's only in her second season. And and who knows how they're going to classify that because you get that year back. Mm-hmm. So she could technically have four years you know, in a row here to play for Maryland. And, and that's nothing that I know for sure. That's just speculation. Uh-huh speculative on my side um bit, just bit uh, having a conversation hopeful, hopeful <laughs> i mean it'd be fun it'd be fun to watch her continue um like so many other players have chosen to do right so mm-hmm. i think with um with what maryland has been able to do um with with their offense and i will tell you this that i i went to an open practice for for the terps and they are playing with a sense of purpose and they were not happy, obviously, about being ousted in, in the NCAA tournament by Texas by three points. And you think about one stop, right, or two stops or something that you could have done differently mm-hmm. on the offensive end one or two times. And boy, that sits with you all summer and all fall. And now they're ready to play and they have everybody back. And every player who I've talked to, heard from, read about, all the comments from Coach Freeze and their and her staff, they all say the word Texas when there's a letdown mm-hmm. in practice. Like, that's what happened in, at Texas. That's why we didn't win the game at Texas. And, man, you can't say that too much, you know, to really – we were talking about being wired a certain way. Yep. I'm saying that. I wasn't even a part of that team. <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying that, and that would burn me up. And yeah. I would go harder that next, that next possession, offensively or defensively. Just because you're hanging that that right there over me. And it's not cruelty to do that. That's manifesting not no. to let that happen again. And you can't, <laughs> if you want that to happen again, you go ahead and and you know go through the motions on this five five on zero set we're running. But if you want to get over the hump and not lose, right? Like the way that we mm-hmm. lost in the NCAA tournament, then you better buckle in and go hard. 
And I think that's what the expectation is from the staff, but also from player to player accountability. And I think when, when you add all that up together, that's why they're coming into the preseason, ranked number four in the AP poll and number five in the USA Today poll. And I mean, I, I, you know, you just have to, you know, things are, they remain to be seen and we understand that, but man on paper, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. this team has so many weapons, Ashley Wusu and Diamond Miller, Katie Benson leading the country in threes last year, 50% from range, 50% from range does that man. Besides her, I don't know too many people can do that. Even Steph Curry is not even up there. Like he's in the forties and he's killing, right. He's killing. Um, but when you when you look at all of the pieces that they have to the puzzle and players that they have coming in and they can they can shoot the ball, all of them can score. And that's the beauty of their of their offense. Right. It's it's they're going to spread you out. They're going to attack you. They're going to penetrate and kick. And you have to protect the, the paint. You have to protect the paint. And they want you. They're going to just bait you in. Yeah, you can protect the paint if you want to. But I have two people right over here. They're going to be able to stroke a three because you oh, yeah. got to commit to the ball. One well, Andrew Andrew Reese yeah. Andrew Reese gives them such a different dynamic. You know, I thought yes. last year in that Texas game, she should have played a little bit more um, and, yeah. and gotten some more run against Charlie Collier because I think she's the type of player that can give yeah. you that that big when you need them. And I hope that you know she can show off a little a, a lot of her skills because she can really change this offense yeah. for the better. I do though think there is going to be some just you know growing pains in terms of mm -hmm. properly introducing Reese into this offense because she did miss most of last year and she she yeah. has you know she was a freshman last year so I think to properly introduce her as a player who's not just like here's our freshman it's here's a star player that's gonna take a little time but yeah I, mean, I love this team they play beautiful basketball I mean I love Ashley Owusu mm -hmm. and I, we picked the I think we both picked them to win the championship last year um, and so we, we kind of had that bad taste in our mouths too. You know, I want to, yeah. I want to see this team get back on the horse and play some big games. Uh, Katie Benson's in what her seventh year, right? Yes. Yes. Good for her. I hope she stays for an eighth. Katie never leave college. I don't know. If she's <laughs> know. The same as Allie Patberg. I think it's Allie yeah. Patberg's eighth year. I think she's 25 years old for Indiana. Oh. And, uh, I thought the cutest thing that Terry Morin said was when Allie Patberg two days after being bumped out of the elite eight last season, she came into Terry Moran, the head coach at Indiana came into her office and said, is it okay if I come back? And Terry <laughs> Moran was like, um, yeah, yeah. you know, That's I mean, it's Allie Patberg, but you know, it, it really does, you know, with that year coming back, it really does impact the recruiting of yeah. the 2022s and 23s for high school because the transfer portal is very plentiful. Um, and, and that's tough, right. For those kids, I, I feel for the 22s and 23s because, you know, a lot of um, teams, because of the backlog mm -hmm. now, because, yeah, I'm coming back for this year, I'm coming back for the next year. Um, it, it's tough to um, to be seen, number one, because it's like we don't need to recruit right now in that mm -hmm. position because we have A, B, and C coming back in that spot. Yeah. So it, it really makes it tough for the younger kids, but I think it really makes it fun to the fans, you know, and, and for all of us to see so many teams returning all five starters like Indiana. And like mm -hmm. Maryland, and we're talking about um, Maryland being at the top right now, Indiana, yeah. I mean, they advanced the furthest last year. I mean, four teams from the Big Ten made the Sweet 16 and only one made the Elite Eight, and that was the Hoosiers. And so, you know, my, I, I'm remiss, I guess I should say that, that um, you know, they're at the top because they're, they're you know, 
they went the furthest last year. Um, but if you're talking about the rankings, I was going by the rankings and Indiana is in the top 10, I believe at number seven. And well, Maryland's our conference champion though. Right. Yeah, so I, sure, Maryland, don't tweet at me, man, telling me, oh my God, uh, she's only talking about Maryland. Don't do that. Like, you know, I'm going by the, the rankings, not by, you know, anything else. Thank you so much. I mean, to a certain extent, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know that we mainly, we, we will talk heavily about Maryland and uh, the Washington Mystics. I'm not quite sure you've listened to this podcast before, but yeah, Maryland's a double champion from the regular season conference, conference tournament. Like they're, they're at the top of this league. Um, no matter what happened in the NCAAs. And I think it's very clear why. Love that veteran leadership. I love their mix. Diamond Miller is out. Uh, knee soreness. Hopefully that's not something that's going to persist. I know. I think it's just first week, just like, you know, getting up to speed. They're not going to use her now because, like I mentioned, they have they have a heck of every team. Every team is not shying away. I really right. like that this year. Every team's going for the big games. Like Maryland has NC State and Stanford in the same tournament. I forget what tournament that is. I think it might be the Bahamas. In the Bahamas. In the Bahamas, I believe. So there's two of them. There's the Battle for Atlantis, and then there's the Bahamar. Um, yes. So I don't know. I, I forget which one is which. I'm pretty sure Maryland, NC State, and Stanford are in the Bahamar one. I believe um, so. And I think that's uh, Debbie Antonelli's tournament. It is so shout out to my girl, Debbie Antonelli. I was just I was just about to mention, like, I did the show yesterday with her. Um, ah, our betting show on YouTube, which you should check out. You follow us on social media at her stats at Gabe underscore Ibrahim at Christy Winter Scott or at Christy W Scott 51. Um, got it. But <laughs> I, I do really love that these teams are not shying away from it. They also play Baylor. So they have a three game stretch here. That's mm-hmm. Baylor, NC state, Stanford. Uh, and then they have the big 10 ACC champ uh, tournament. I mean, whatever the challenge, that's what it's called. The challenge with Miami. Um, yes. coming to town. They also sneaky. Here's a sneaky game on, that should be on your radar. Traveling to James Madison. Mm. That's a toughie. James Madison is a really good program. Uh, they're a really good program. A, they just beat Virginia. B, also the Colonial Athletic Conference is telling them that they cannot play in their conference championships this year because they're moving conferences. So they're moving from the CAA to the Sun Belt, so they're not allowed to compete at championships this year, which is a horrifying decision and should not. Oh, be I don't like it. I don't it, like that. It's it's awful. Like they're only effect, they're only hurting the kids that are there because the yeah. administrators are going to be there in four years, and the uh-huh. kids who are coming up who are going to play in the Sun Belt are not there yet. So that that's a uh-huh. horrible decision for the Colonial. I don't like conference. that. I don't like that game. But you want to talk about motivation and yeah. having a chip on your shoulder. When yeah. you got to go out and make sure the conference that you're in knows that they're making a mistake, I, I'm circling that James Bassin game for Maryland. That's a good team that they're going to play out in Harrisonburg. Uh, mm-hmm. ooh, can I make that trip? I can make that trip on the 14th. Oh, no, no, no. That's on Sunday. Never mind. I can't make it. You know, do you know what happened last year when those two teams played? I don't remember. It was it was super dramatic. Okay, so one of my really good friends who's on our South Lakes High School staff, Dwayne Braxton, he played basketball at JMU. Okay. So we had a friendly wager of, you know, whoever wins the game has to wear the t-shirt of the other at, at our high school mm-hmm. practice, right? So okay. So JMU was up by 20 over Maryland throughout the game. Last year, throughout the game. Do you hear me? And he's texting me and he's like, yeah, I got a shirt picked all out for you. <laughs> what are we going to do? Yeah. Which one do you want? Sending me pictures. What shirt you want to wear tomorrow? I'm like, oh my God, man, it was bad. Right. So then 
Marilyn started chipping away. And I'm like, well, there's not a lot of time left. But I'm like, well, you're still getting it done. They didn't lead in that second half until at the very, very end. And I think for 38 minutes, Jim, you had the lead. And then Marilyn at the very end um, made some plays and, and executed. So I got the smallest Maryland shirt for him to wear. <laughs> I made him put it on like a video. And he was like pretending that he was gagging. And I said, you've got the extra medium uh, <laughs> shirt on. And so, yeah. So that was, you know, that saved me from being in the extra medium JMU shirt. But it, it was it was great. It was a great game. And, you know, I, I don't think that um, that's lost on uh, JMU on how that game went down, but also not lost on Maryland with how JMU played the majority of that contest. And Maryland came back at the end to uh, to get the win. No, this is a good program. Uh, and honestly, yeah. like if I was if I'm in, in charge of Maryland scheduling it, and obviously I'm not I'm not scheduling this game. There's very right. little like. This is my problem with a lot of college football teams and my college football team in Miami. Like, give, I know we all love the big games to start the year. I don't know how you feel about this. Yeah. If I'm a fan or a coach, or I don't know about the players, if I'm a fan or a coach <laughs> or an administrator, I don't ever want to be in one of those games. I want to play, you know, Cupcake State University <laughs> three times at home to start the year. And that's what I want to get off and running. And then we'll figure out what happens after that. I don't want to go like going to JMU. There's very little upside. And no. this team is good. Like they, yeah. they didn't just beat Virginia. They blew the doors off Virginia. It was yeah. 84, 69. It like, was at Virginia, right? Huh? I know Virginia went to Harrisonburg too. Oh, Virginia went. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But still, I mean, still. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel really, I honestly feel bad for some, like what's going to happen to some of these CAA teams. Cause JMU was already, the tops of the conference for a long time, the swims basketball program. And now they're mm-hmm. extremely mad. Uh, they've, they've, you've just made them mad colonial athletic conference. So we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I think that team's really good. I think Maryland's going to have their hands full, but judging by what we've seen, I think there'll be plenty. They have plenty of talent to win and, yeah. and take care of business. Um, mm-hmm. Can we move to Michigan though? Really? Quick? Yes. Okay. Please. Yes, please. So, Uwe Pui. Uwe Pui. The college that George Hill went to. Ah. So it's the only piece of trivia I know about Uwe Pui. I hope anyone who is a IUPUI grad can tell me more. Um, <laughs> but they stuck with Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nas Hillman had her massive game efficiently. Mm-hmm. 12 of 22, 30 points, 15 rebounds, one assist, Thanks. one steal. And only three turnovers. Wow. However, the rest of the team had it rough. Uh, they had 16 turnovers. They're three of 20 um, from three. They, you know, gave up. They gave up five offensive rebounds to a team that's smaller than them. It was not a great performance for Michigan. Do you think there's any cause for concern there? I don't think so. I mean, Kim Barnes and Rico, she will always have them playing the game the right way. Um, I was surprised that the score was that close. Uh, And also I was surprised that Nas Hillman scored basically half of their points. Um, I thought that just on paper that they had surrounded Nas Hillman with a little more support offensively Mm -hmm. where she wouldn't have to carry that load and, and have, um, you know, the massive minutes and responsibilities. 
I mean, there's one thing to play massive minutes, but responsibilities in those minutes, I think mm-hmm. were so big. I mean, Nas had 50 points in a game, you know, before. So it's like <laughs> she is obviously capable of, of getting the job done by herself. But I think that there needs to be, you know, Leah Brown is, is a player that yes, she averaged almost 20 points in conference play last year in the big 10. She needs to be consistent, but there also needs to be a third and fourth double figure score for Michigan to be able to sustain their effort throughout the year. And they're in the top 10 for a reason. So people see that just like what we were saying about South Carolina, people see that they're Mm -hmm. capable of not just being a, a, you know, a one player team when it comes to offense and efficiency. And I think coming out of the gates, playing that game so closely, I mean, maybe that's a a learning lesson without losing. Right. Uh, But possibly not playing to the capabilities of being a balanced squad with having five or six players in double figures and having that depth and taking some of that responsibility from Nas, which, you know, Nas never said, I don't want the responsibility. So it's not like she's feeling pressure by that. But at the same time, what what we want to see, what what basketball people and fans want to see is some help for her. Yeah. So she doesn't have to do it all uh, by herself. And, you know, I'll just go and say this, like, you know, it's I have uh, two sons. Right. So and a daughter. So for me, I tell them all of them just because uh, a woman can open the door by herself doesn't mean she doesn't want to open for her sometimes. Right. Right. I mean, I'm I'm very capable of like opening and shutting the door by myself. But wow, when someone else opens the door and, and, you know, for you, that's a help. Right. Yeah. No, sorry. I I know I was making a face. Uh, Oh, I thought you were making a face because my comment wasn't making sense. No, no, your comment made oh, sense. Oh, okay, good. I was like, Sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm watching Southern Illinois, Tennessee, and I'm gonna look up this person's name, uh, Kiara Love. Just absolutely sat someone down with a crossover and hit a floater to end the third quarter. Sat Southern Illinois up 42-38. It's it's we're on upset alert. It's upset Ooh, alert. Wait. I'm going to Google that because I'd love to see somebody take a seat. Honey. Oh, I mean, <laughs> and so I hope someone gets that because that was disgusting. Oh, boy. Oh, somebody took boy. A seat. Oh, snap. I got to look at it. I got to look at it. I, I will somebody if, push, push the brakes, push the brakes on somebody. It, I care <laughs> love. They, oh, man, I don't. I, I'll find it. If not, I'll yeah, find it. I'll get yeah, it. Send that to me so I can. Yeah, I take a look. If I if I can't find it on Twitter, I will pull it myself and add it to my Twitter account. Uh, that has the feel of an upset right now. Tennessee number fifteen, Tennessee at home. Oof. Uh, high expectations too on Rocky Top. This would be bad. Uh, that would to be say bad. the least. This would yeah, be bad. Bad early uh, loss if they don't hang on here. That was. I'm. I'm sorry, Christy. I, I was. I was. Uh, I was paying attention for most of the time, but that play just caught my eye. Oh, that's all right. No, somebody gets dropped. So, you got to look at that. No, that's. I'm not even mad. But I, I'm just saying. You know, just get, just, get uh, some help. Going back, say it again. Get get Nas Homo some help, and I I agree with that. Yeah, and I mean, just because she can do it doesn't mean she should do it all no. the time. Um, well, and to be fair, Amy Dilk, to. Amy Dilk was hurt in like the first minute of this game. Um, oh no. She, I don't know. It doesn't, it, they didn't say like she's out or she's, you know, out for a long time. She just fell hard. 
Um, again, I can watch it. Yeah, so, she was out. She didn't play with the team in the NCAA tournament last year. Yeah, and so she would be a big deal for them to have. Hopefully, she's yeah. fine. I mean, I didn't see like she's up to the season or anything. So hopefully, it wasn't anything too bad. But um, that that could be a, a possible solution. And just like figuring out the roster, they had some freshman cards playing. Um, so we'll see with Michigan. Although last year, I mean, you know, you mentioned that fifty point game. Yeah, they lost that game, right? They lost that game to Ohio State, State in overtime. In overtime. Um, so, you know, maybe there's something to that, like the whole like the whole Bradley Beal never wins when he scores 40 points thing. It is yeah. there is like some logic to the idea that like some players, while they can do it, like you're saying, it's not just that they shouldn't have to, it's that sometimes it's not good for the rest of the team if they have to, if they feel like they have to do that. That um, part. So We'll see with Michigan. I'm I'm willing to put most of the stuff aside. I didn't watch Baylor Texas State to be honest because I you know, mm-hmm. I turned it on for a little bit and Baylor was up big and they lost the lead at some point. I don't know. Nikki Collins going to have some challenges this year, so I wouldn't be surprised if Baylor is a little bit lower of a seed um, this year. We can talk about Baylor a different day. I want to talk about a more important thing. One, okay. important, one important thing: my Miami Hurricanes seventy-two, hey. Jackson State sixty-seven. The score, not necessarily what you want to see if you're a Miami Hurricanes women's basketball fan, but that's that's first game of the season. But forgive that. Bigger news: Katie Meyer, the winningest coach in program history, uh, very clearly deserved. Katie was obviously there when I was there at school. Could not have been a nicer interview. Could not have been more generous for the time. And she's the best basketball coach we've ever had in our program, bar none. Uh, so congratulations to her. I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned it on the podcast because I'm a very big fan of hers and I love what she's done with the uh, Miami basketball program. Oh my goodness. What a gem mm-hmm. of a woman she is. Uh, played against her in college. She played at Duke um, when Duke and Maryland were both in the ACC together. And just being on the media side of things and, and covering games down there in Coral Gables and, and being in Miami, I remember you know, being at shoot around and she's like, Hey, you know, we're having brunch. It was a Sunday early mm-hmm. game, right? We're having brunch. You should come and get something to eat and with us or something. And I sat with them at the table and just really, and this is obviously before COVID and all everything. Yes. Um, but it was, you know, th- that kind of generosity and not that if you don't do that, you're mean, but it's just, you know, I I'm media member and uh, I'm around the team and they're, they're discussing things and, you know, you get to see the inner workings of the team dynamic and, and what they do on a game day. And it was just really, and having played on the team, it's like, you miss that, that scene. Mm-hmm. like, Oh yes, you miss on the court and playing the game, but it was the camaraderie and the jokes and like the, you know, freeze tag. Some of them are playing or something, huh. silly things, but and that's the stuff you miss as a player um, and a coach, you know, you just, you love being around that kind of energy. And and Katie Meyer just has um, a tremendous energy and trust and belief um, in her philosophy as a coach, but also in each of the players and they all know it. Yeah. And it's genuine and it's, it's beautiful. And so congratulations, Katie. I, I you know, she knows I love her. We always give the, the, the best hugs to one another. Um, just uh, genuine mutual respect for um, just the joy of the game, the yeah. joy of the game. Yeah. And she, uh, we have a picture at the University of Miami that we like to pass around whenever we mentioned Katie Myers' time at Duke. It's just her with the like very short shorts and the big hair. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. It's a trip. It's a trip. It um, but I, <laughs> you know, honestly, so I made a comment that I was always like, I didn't, I didn't realize that you and Katie were in the same. 
uh, time frame. And honestly, it's because I've seen a lot more pictures of Katie Meyer when she was playing than I've seen of Christy, oh. Christy Winters. Yeah, I don't think there are any pictures of me from that time uh, or that era. Um, only current photos of um, <laughs> only, oh, that's a, only yeah. Current, that's a challenge that I'm gonna now find. <laughs> oh, great. So get ready well, for some pictures, we don't need folks. To post those. <laughs> get ready we, for some- we need not we need not um, social mediatize those if you find those. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> uh, but I and this Miami team is actually pretty good. Uh, senior led Destiny Harden, Kelsey Marshall, who's actually a grad student. Um, Nikia Gray, just a lot of seniors. Hopefully, they um, can pick it up in the ACC um, and and get it and get into some better placement just to make some noise in the conference. And like I mentioned, this is a tough conference to make noise in. So if they can do that, they'll do that. I already mentioned Aoka Lee, 43 points, 25 minutes. It was unbelievable. I'll give a video of that on our YouTube page. Absolutely. Go watch it because she was unstoppable. Um, So let's... uh, Let's talk about some games, upcoming games. We talked about a few of them. Yeah. But give me some thoughts on Louisville and Arizona. They play in the, there's a South Dakota Invitational. There, yes, there's a, there's an Invitational in Sioux Falls. Um, It's called the Invitational. It's extremely hard to find out uh, information about this tournament as someone who does this for a living. So if anyone wants to help me out, hit me up. Um, But number six, Louisville against number 22, Arizona, 430 uh, tomorrow. Okay. Friday. 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 Yeah. yeah, I I just think, you know, Jeff Walls. I mean, you you know, you lose a player who was, you know, on the court, Mm -hmm. basically on both sides of Dana Evans, you know, going and uh, winning a championship. Yeah, sure. (laughs) With the Chicago Sky and the WNBA. And Aaron uh, Aaron McDonald on the other side, too. Just, I know, right? Um, on the Atlanta Dream, Erin uh, McDonald gone. You know what a juggernaut she was, and wow, yeah. one shot away from wow. I mean, we're talking uh, what a great Final Four, by the way, last year. But with Erin McDonald really making a name for herself last season, and uh, you know the beliefs that Adia Barnes Copa had in her. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was evident. We were talking about Katie Meyer having, you know, the ultimate trust factor. And, and the genuine love uh, for the success of her student-athletes. I mean, the same can be said for Adia Barnes-Copa and, and what she has been able to do at Arizona, her alma mater. The team hadn't been as successful as last year since she, she played. Was, yeah. Since <laughs> she played. So that, that's been a minute. But I think, you know, for, for Adia Barnes-Copa to be back at her alma mater, I mean, there's nothing like that, right? I mean, right. There, there's nothing like that to be able to to talk to kids about pride and, and honor and, and commitment and discipline and know that your coach wore the same jersey you wore. I mean, you can't really, can't manufacture that in any other way. You know, either yeah. have or you haven't had that um, situation. But I think with both of them missing key cogs, I think other players now have the opportunity, like we were talking about with Nas Hillman, you know, having more players around to step up and be this, this, this team and not, the, you know, and I don't like to say that because I'm not trying to slight Michigan in that regard. Mm-hmm. And the first thing out of Nas Hillman's mouth um, when they did advance to the sweet 16 was it's about this team right. and everyone, you know, for us, we, we look at the numbers and the analytics of it all, but she says, no, we don't advance without this team being who we are. So I'm not saying anything, you know, that, that is downgrading um, the team aspect of what Michigan brings to the table, but, you know, with these two teams uh, missing key, like strongholds 
on on both sides. I mean, wow, they there is there is room to step into if you are players that you know didn't have the opportunity to go on the court because they were on the floor. Right now, you mm-hmm. can can shift and move and. I think that's going to be a great game, obviously, um, with how Louisville likes to play, but also how Arizona likes to play. Both teams oh, yeah. want to get up and down, right? The pace of that game is going to be silly. No, I'm really, I'm, I'm extremely excited for this one. And I think for Arizona, this season is really interesting to me um, because you have those years where you have an Aaron McDonald come through the, her senior year. She becomes, she goes from, you know, your team superstar to now your program superstar. And now she's right. she's the rock that you built the program on. So what do you build from that? What do you build from that final four, the national championship appearance? And right. there's so many players right now saying that we we really want to play for Adia Barnes Cove. We really want to play for this program. This program is exciting. So how do you keep that momentum going this season? That's what's most interesting to me because yeah. I'm not saying anyone can do it but a lot of teams can get to the final four once Arizona wants to be a program that's there year in year out, like Louisville is. Well, to do that, winning games like this is a really big start, especially a year after losing that program build with the person you, you, the rock of your program is now gone. How are you going to step up? Um, So from that, from Arizona's perspective, I'm wildly interested in this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, you know, this is a kind of a good game for them because they're not going to be expected to win, but if they do win, it'll look really good. And right. Louisville, they are, they, they're a little newer. You know, they have a lot of different pieces coming in. Like you mentioned, Haley Van Litt is obviously the headliner and she's going to need to be great. And she had a nice freshman year. She needs to have an excellent sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I think she can do it. But they also they just have a bunch of new pieces coming in. It'd be really interesting to see how that all fits together early on, especially as this is their first game randomly in South Dakota. Yeah. Um, that it just has to be a really weird sensation for them. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how they react with the newness of Louisville. I'm excited to see how Arizona reacts after all those wins they had last year. And that to me is probably the game of the week after the South Carolina NC state game that we had. That's the game of the week for me. Cause I think those two programs are, are in really interesting places. Yeah, absolutely. And, and very similar as we discussed, mm-hmm. I think, you know, just see, um, how they materialize and and what they look like in terms of uh, chemistry, but also in terms of um, pace of play. Can they be those the same kind of teams that they were last year um, without those two players, Eric McDonald and Dana Evans? Yeah, no, it'd be really interesting. And then we had just like an awesome slate on Sunday. As I said, like there's a lot of games here um, yeah. that I'm going to watch. Uh, we already mentioned Maryland at James Madison. If you have Big Ten Network Plus, have fun. I will be getting that next month, probably. Uh, <laughs> we got Florida at NC State, which could be interesting. That's simmering on my potential list. Uh, okay. Then there's Texas going at Stanford at 3 p.m. on ESPN. You're pointing at me. That's the one you got circled. That's the game. We got to watch game. that one. We, hey, listen, that's going to be that's going to be the one to watch. Quickly on Stanford, do you do you think that's do you, do you expect the same from them? this year or do you expect that any search of fall off? Mm, guess what? I think nobody was talking about them enough last year. Yeah. And then what did they do? Cut the nets down. Hey, 
It's like they're just, you know, they just stay steady. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give you this herky jerky roller coaster of a season. They're just going to stick like this. And mm-hmm. I'm, I just have my hand just streamlining. Right. Um, and that's what happened. Tara Vanderveer. I mean, the maestro, she <laughs> gets the job done clearly. And yeah. for her to, to be able to maintain over the years and, you know, yes, it would be ideal to win every single season, you know, as a coach, you want to win and win a championship not just advance, like you said earlier, not just advance to Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, like Final Four, you want to win. Mm-hmm. And for there to be such a big gap, was it 27 years in between yeah. championships for her? Come on, man. Come on. And, and and you know, yes, you're in it to win it, but for her to be able to stay in it and and continue to stay persistent. I mean, I think that's what this season is going to look like for Stanford. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're not going to talk about them. You're going to talk about South Carolina. You're going to talk about Maryland. You're going to talk about all these other teams. And then Stanford's going to come in and, and, and punch you in the throat and yep. cut another net. I don't know. Like, who knows? But that's just how, how sneaky uh, they were with it last year. They weren't in your face. They weren't, you know, nobody was talking about them enough. I can't say it any other way. And oh, I think it's, it's the same vibe this year, Gabe, with Stanford. Are we talking about them enough? I mean, they're the reigning national champions. Are we talking about them enough? Yeah, I don't think we are. Uh, I'm with you. And and they they should be a little worse. You know, they had some people graduate, but they still got Haley Jones, man. They still got I mean, this team, I'm just looking at it right now. I'm like, mm, this team is not that different than the one that, that won last year. And I will say, you know, last year was a supremely weird season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Stanford had to go on the road due to COVID for a large portion of the season and it really it affected them negatively in the moment, but you know, in the end it made them a little bit more resilient this year, getting back into a more normal groove of things is another challenge, which is weird. You don't want to, it's, it's a little weird to say getting back into your normal rhythm will be a challenge, but when you win something, you want to kind of try to replicate as much of it as possible. You're not going to be able to do that. So I, I will, you know, they had to get um, some breaks go their way. Every team that wins a championship has to get a lot of breaks to go their way. Yeah. But I think they're going to be right there. I think they're going to be right at the top of the Pac-12 uh, yet again. And we'll see. I mean, they have a really – they are, as, ever, as we mentioned with everyone, really tough go of it early on. They play a lot of really, really good teams. Um, and they will mm-hmm. be tested once they hit their conference slate. And we'll see where it goes because this team has – you know, I think there's a few teams in this country that have arguably the most most talent in the league. Stanford's one of them. You got Stanford, yeah. you got Maryland, you got South Carolina, and you got UConn. And guess what? That's why those four teams are on the top of the rankings. Exactly. They probably have the most talent in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, last game I want to mention briefly is Kentucky at Indiana on e- on ESPN at some point on Sunday. It'll be mm-hmm. on whenever that Texas Stanford game is over. Right. Uh, if you're a WNBA fan, Ryan Howard, Ryan Howard, Ryan Howard, that's that's the number one pick. Yeah. But that's the number one pick. Like I I've I really tried to watch tape of a lot of it, a lot of players before the season started. Um, I think Melissa Smith has claimed to that spot. I think there's a few other players that are gonna be in touch with that number one spot, but it is hers to lose. So watch her because the if she continues to play the basketball that we expect of her. She'll stay at the top spot, but she could always fall down, um, you know, into into a lower space. But she's a wing; she can do everything. Mm-hmm. 
I hate saying this, but the player comp is Maya Moore. So there's that. That's yeah. all I got to say about uh, Kentucky. Watch watch Ryan Howard because it should be good. Although they struggled. I forgot who they played. They struggled against whoever they played uh, for a minute before before pulling away. They played mm-hmm. some some smaller school. But um, they struggled for them for a minute, and they, they were mm-hmm. playing Presbyterian. They struggled for a minute. They struggled at times last season. Howard didn't necessarily pull them out of the trouble. So that's what we're looking mm-hmm. for this year. In right. that game against Indiana, is she going to be able to pull them out of trouble? Um, that's all I got. Yeah. Well, hey, listen that that Indiana defense, though. Yes. I mean, let's let's not let's not forget. I mean, they were tops in the country with their defensive efficiency numbers mm-hmm. last year, um, and with Grace Berger coming back uh, for them and Mackenzie Holmes on the interior. Mm-hmm. We spoke about Allie Patberg making her resurgence as well. Um, I don't know. I, I think it'll be a great game, but Ryan Howard, Ryan Howard, Ryan Howard. Let's uh-huh. let's take a peek. Well, let's also see what she looks like up against a staunch defensive team like Indiana and, and what kind of schemes Terry Morin is going to have for her. I forgot one thing I want to mention. Talk to me. How about them Georgetown Hoyas? <laughs> and they go win against Hoyas. Navy. <laughs> of course, Bree, uh, Christy's daughter, playing for Georgetown her freshman year. Um, got some got some minutes in in this one in a game that was probably closer than the Hoyas wanted, but a win nonetheless. Hey, a win is a win is a win. But I tell you what, just seeing her warming up collegiately for her first game, you know, so many firsts, obviously, with you mm-hmm. know losing her first tooth and all the other first things that you see as a mom to see her in her first college game. You're gonna get me all weepy, Gabe. Stop. <laughs> um, but to see her, you know, it was, you know, my mom was there, family was there. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was just, uh, you know, one of those moments that you can't replicate. One of those moments that wouldn't do it, its, its due diligence to, to see over uh, a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to be in, in that, in that place and to be present in that moment um, and to lock eyes with her, you know, we're sitting right behind the bench and I had the fat head from her senior night at South Lakes <laughs> and I put a Georgetown shirt over it. I haven't had time to oh post it, God, but you Chrissy. will be seeing that. You will be seeing that. But I uh I, I had that and I think it, it gave the, the girls a giggle and uh you know it kind of loosened up the the first game of the year jitters if there were yeah. any I think just to see me like with that over my head going nuts <laughs> and and Brie like shaking her head like oh my God there's my mom and I'm like yep I'm here with yep. bells on and um and the fat head with the t-shirt. So it was it was a beautiful night in in so many layers of ways and um, yeah I'll never forget that moment seeing her and I do uh, want to tell you also that um, Georgetown women's basketball just tweeted earlier today that their game on uh, January fifth uh, against UConn when UConn visits DC they have moved that to the Entertainment and Sports Arena where the Mystics play in uh, Southeast DC so that is going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Um, UConn, obviously a tremendous team, AZ Fudd making her, um, appearance back in the DMV against her AAU teammate, um, <laughs> Brianna Scott, number 15 for your George. <laughs> <So, yeah. laughs> well, it's adorable. It'll be fun. I'm, gl- I'm glad you got to embarrass her right yeah. off the bat. Just wasting oh. no time. Christy's <laughs> going to put up numbers and the embarrassing points, <laughs> embarrassing fancy, uh, <laughs> 
embarrassing parents fantasy league. There it is. <laughs> Those are my sons. Both my my boys said that. They were like, mom, you're embarrassing her. And I was like, no, deep down she loves it. So that's what all moms say. Ask all yes. the moms you know, deep down, they love it. So yes. that's what, yes. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm saying and I'm sticking to it. So she <laughs> well, smiled in her, in her soul. Congrats to her. And I'm looking forward to uh, some more Georgetown when we get some more substantive uh, stuff from them in the Big East season. Hopefully they can make some noise. Yeah. Hopefully we can see Bree in some big games. I'm excited for that ESA one. That's, that's going to be really, really fun. It's going to be awesome. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, we got we got to everyone. If we missed your team, it's because we hate them and we're never going <laughs> to talk about them. No, guys, it's the first week. Like, we'll talk yeah. about it. Don't, don't worry. We're going to talk about everything. I do want to mention, though, Tennessee has just taken the lead, 53-49 with a minute left. So not out of danger yet, but they're certainly looking slightly more comfortable. So if you're listening to I still want to see that drop. I still want to see that drop, though. I thought right there when that happened that my (laughs) – I was like, "Mm, this thing's over. But now it looks like like, uh, Tennessee has taken control. If there's an upset, we'll talk about it next week. Absolutely. Hey, speaking of next week, Dustin, we're going to – Speak to you guys next. It has been a whirlwind of a conversation with you today, Gabe, on Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I have my cranberry juice and popcorns all empty now. They're cutting the lights out on us. We don't have to go home, but we got to get up out of here. Gabe, oh my gosh, watch as much basketball as you can. Don't limit yourself. I'm going to do the same. (laughs) We'll see you guys right back here next week on Courtside with Christy and Gabe. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.